You were listening to a production of the Toll Network, home of Biting Analysis. This is Moonspeak Phase 2, Episode 30, Pulling Strings. This is Sona. And I'm Amit. Welcome to Moonspeak Phase 2, your source for weekly sealing and crystal season 3, discussion and analysis. Uh, this week we're discussing Sailor Moon Crystal 33, which is Act 32, Infinity 6, 3, Guardians. Uh, so, let's uh, go ahead and jump right into it. Sona, what were your uh, rough demands? What, what rubbed you the wrong way this episode? Yeah, uh, th- this isn't so much a critique on the episode, but man, Hulu, what were you doing with the subs this week? They were not great. A uh, lot of poorly constructed sentences, um entire, like, words missing from sentences, just, like, like, particles missing from sentences, um, and it just, there were parts where it made it hard to understand, and I, Hulu's subs are usually not this troubling, um, just in how poorly constructed they are, I don't know what happened there. Um, and also, Haruka's, like, half-apology for confusing Usagi with, I guess, uh, her gender, their gender. Um, Haruka, what exactly are you apologizing for? Because you didn't explain it, and it doesn't sound like any of the 30 things that you should be apologizing to <laughs> Usagi for. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um... Yeah, like, I, I love Haruka. I think she's a great, very interesting character, but she's walking in some weird, some weird circles lately. Is this how it was in the manga, or they're they're adapting? I, I really don't remember. Um, I actually don't remember a lot of this from uh, my previous encounters with this storyline. Hmm. Well, that's really weird, and I wonder if it was maybe like a product of the times and. I don't know. I'm not going to say, you know, gender fluidity. I mean, like, it's a, a very a new thing, specifically. Yeah. I mean, the, the gender fluidity is great. Um, and we'll discuss that in a bit. And it, it is, like, what Haruka is saying is very much like a romance manga thing. So, like, I'm not surprised by it, especially since this is a 20 year old work. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how romance manga were and are, but, you know, that, that doesn't make it right. Right. Um, and it's a, you know, a thing to talk about since this is a new bit of media being presented to potentially a new audience. Right. Um, okay. Uh, I have to agree with you. The subs were bad. Uh, it must be hard work and like, who knows what happened, but Sona, you're, you're totally right. It made it really, really hard to understand certain things. I rewound several times, um, just to make sure I was reading it right. Um, even like there were timing issues, but you know, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Haruka's bizarre apology was, you know, not so great, but we talked about that. Um, so, uh, Cyprene and Tilol, uh, don't have a composite name. And I would have liked that because um, I'm a nerd like that, and uh, things like that make me happy. But it wasn't there, so oh well. Um, yeah, no, I'm kind of agreed on that. I didn't remember their names, and I expected them to at least, you know, alliterate. Right. Um, 
But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, Takuchi's going to do what I mean, Takuchi's going to do, right? I don't know the meanings behind their names, and maybe there is some kind of connection between them um, in their meanings, but I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't look into it, so I don't know that either. Um, I don't really get Saipin's motivation behind uh, turning the masses violent and hateful. Uh, it was just something she kind of did, and uh, I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't know if it was maybe to draw the Sailor Guardians out, or if that's just, you know, the thing she does, and it's fun for her. <laughs> that could be the case. I mean, it, she seemed to be enjoying it. She really did. She looked like she was having a good time with those ribbon blasters and everything. Um, okay, so, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, sorry about that header. It's just stuck there. That's okay. I just... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I guess it's just, uh, yeah, just on all the pages. I need to figure okay. out how to make a one-page header, if that's possible. Um, sorry, listener. Uh, so, let's move on to Frills. Uh, what were some of the things you especially enjoyed this episode? Uh, the, the first thing Pluto does in this episode is just, you know, get down on one knee and hug Chibiusa, and that was really sweet. Like, even after being reborn, like, that part of herself and knowing, like, Chibiusa is her friend... And Chibiusa's going to need reassurance that she is actually for reals alive, um, was really nice. Uh, I like, I really liked the red eye effect for, uh, you know, the evil possession. It was unsettling and creepy and it just kind of worked well for me here. Um, I felt really bad for Chibiusa when she saw, uh, Hotaru's arm. Like, she's, what, 10, 12 now? Um, and, man, she has no idea how to react to seeing an entire arm of exposed muscle and robot parts. I'm 28 and I won't know, I wouldn't know how to react to that. Like, and she, but, she runs away and immediately after she realizes that she probably hurt Hotaru's feelings because she remembered it was something that Hotaru was self-conscious about. And she was like, oh no, I, I mean, that's a weird thing that I saw, but, me running away probably hurt her feelings, and I should figure out how to make this right. Um, she's a good kid. She's a good kid. Um, Usagi asking Chibiusa if she's okay taking on this mission to keep an eye on Hotaru, um, and acknowledging that it might be hard for her, and things may happen that will be hard for her to deal with. Um, but she's like, are you going to be okay doing that? And Chibiusa's just like, yeah. If that's what's got to be done. Again, she's a good kid. I will wholeheartedly agree with you that Chibius is a good kid. And uh, I was really impressed by her and Usagi's interaction. Like, that's that, that was cool stuff. Um, but I liked a bunch of other stuff, too. And I will talk about everything right now as soon as I put some bullet points on so I can uh, space myself properly. Sorry. Okay, so um, I really like the way Takuji's conceit of incarnation allows the Guardians to act as if they are just picking up where they'd left off. Uh, Pluto is back and she remembers everything from before, and her exposition really helped me buy into what's going on here. Haruka and Mitra are desperate to make up for lost time because Neptune and Uranus have a duty to which they are committed, and they don't want to let anything stop them uh, from fulfilling that duty. And like, I think there's an interesting thing going on with the duality here, and I suspect that we're going to get to see that, like, expanded upon more in the next couple episodes, but we'll see. Um, Professor Tomoe's backstory makes him terrifying. Uh, 
he really is a mad scientist, and I never expected uh, to see that in Sailor Moon. Um, but it sure is exciting and unsettling. Uh, the two-in-one witch, Cyprene, is really cool. Uh, she has a great design. She's super strong, and the splitting is really cool. Uh, she also has a great design. Uh, I also really like that she is a level 999 Death Buster. And, uh, Three nine. Yeah. Um, is, is the exact way she puts it. Oh, that's how she says it? Ah. Yes. I missed that, because I was thinking, um, what, I've only really played one Final Fantasy game with a friend, and I remember, you know, four nines is the most damage you can get. And, uh, in FF8, and, uh, I just thought, like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that's the limit. Um, anyway, and she has a great design. Um, my final thing is, uh, the Moon Family Love Huddle was beautiful, and I was so happy to see the Holy Grail make its appearance as an enchanted item for Usagi to use in battle. And I, I really also enjoyed, enjoyed the, uh, the Moon Family Love Huddle, and it was very similar to, you know, how the Moon Rod happened. Except now Chibs is in on it too, and it's very much like she's always kind of been involved in the Holy Grail and kind of making that happen for Usagi and Mamoru. Um, so I'm just I'm glad you know she was part of it, and I thought that was cute. <laughs> uh, so what are our quotes? For this episode. Uh, mine is, uh, it's a little chopped, so I'm like collating stuff together, but it's, how do you like your new parts? They're made of newly developed cells and neurons. Both the materials and the receptors are made of the latest versions. And, uh, that was Professor Tomoe, like, very excited and being very creepy. Um, yeah, very unsettling, uh, to Hotaru after her surgery. And, uh, you know, maybe he's a good dad checking in on her, but maybe he's a creep, uh, wondering how well his experiment went. So, I don't know. A little of both. <laughs> um, for me, it was, somehow Pluto seems different than before. She's changed into someone much stronger and greater, uh, which is Chibiusa's assessment of Pluto kind of a- after their battle when she kind of settles in uh, and starts, you know, making things happen. Um, I just, I thought, like, Chibiusa can tell this just by looking at Pluto. Everyone else is just reacting like, oh, wow, Pluto's here. And Chibs is like, something's up. She's different. Uh, Not really something's up, but just she's different. She's become this different person now. Uh, All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the Inquisition. Um, We have a few questions here. And uh, I'll go ahead and start off. Um, how did you take the line about Haruka's dual sexual identity? Did they mean gender? Um, again, I think this was an issue with our subs, um, and that they meant gender, because uh, her sexual identity is very much, she is attracted to women. Um, what, whatever that means in regards to her gender. But I don't recall this being the route that was taken before. Um, even in the manga, I didn't go back and check, and maybe I should have. Um, but I'm really digging the idea of this kind of fully gender-fluid Haruka. Uh, my mind first jumped to agender, but it's, she identifies with both, um, and kind of everything in between, and not neither, so it's very much, uh, she's somewhere in the gender-fluid spectrum. Um, and that's a really neat route to take for her, and I think that opens up Haruka and Michu's already kind of gender and sexuality progressive characters to be able to represent more, especially in this age where 
that's becoming more visible. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I'm going to go uh, <laughs> dig into my roots a little and bring some like religious studies into this, because uh, that's who I am. Um, so, for people who may not know, uh, based on the text and Jewish interpretation of the text, uh, God is a spirit and not possessed of a body, and has both masculine and feminine qualities or attributes. Um, there are names and titles that are not together male and female, but some are male and some are female for, you know, God. Um, you know, and they're gendered, and like the original script that the texts are written in are all gendered, because that's how it developed. Um, so, while he's most often to referred to as, like, a husband or a father as opposed to a wife or mother, uh, which is likely due to cultural norms of the time in which the Torah was given, God does have plenty of feminine attributes. Additionally, Jewish mysticism explains and expounds upon the fact that uh, the worlds, because there's more than just one, of course, uh, are only able to exist because of the fusion of cosmic male and female components, uh, all of which are attributes of God and um, present in every person. Because, like, in Jewish mysticism, a person is a microcosm of the universe, basically, um, as a reflection of being made in the image of God. Uh, anyway, uh, in short, uh, I like her flaunting gender and the fact that it's uh, part of what makes her so strong. Um, I guess I'll move on to the next question. Uh, why did Usagi change into her Neo-Queen Serenity form in front of the three outers? Um, I don't think she so much, uh, changed, uh, that she did it, uh, cause she seems more baffled by it than anyone. And I think it's something that maybe Pluto or maybe Neo-Serenity herself, uh, from the future, Possibly a combination of both, uh, Neo-Serenity through Pluto, since, uh, Pluto's like, yeah, Neo-Serenity revived me to do this thing. Um, I think they kind of pulled that out of Usagi to put this, uh, you know, inners versus outers issue to bed. That's fair. Uh, it definitely came across as tr a triggered response, and I'm glad that it helped to settle things down. I sure hope we get some explanation of this because it would definitely hurt things for me if she inexplicably became possessed by her future self all the time with little to no reason given. Um, it totally made sense in Black Moon arc, but not here. And I know it happened once. I, I don't but, think you know. she was really possessed by her future self here the way that she was there. This was more like, I'm going to put my image onto you while you are still fully within your own mind so that they can see who you are so that they will finally stop. Yeah, no, you're right. And the the way she reacted, it definitely was, you know, our Usagi. Yeah, she was definitely, I was not wearing this a minute ago. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Uh, um, okay, so uh, Haruka, or sorry, how is it that Haruka and Mitra were born too late? Um, it definitely seems like Mugen Academy has been around and kind of digging, digging themselves in uh to put their plans in motion for a while because to build an entire like city area probably takes several years probably um where it has it probably began long before like dark kingdom even started they were in making their plans um so even if their actions have only started recently i think they've kind of been on Earth and preparing for a long time, and it's Haruka and Michiru's job, it's 
Uranus and Neptune's job to protect Earth against these malicious invaders even coming in, even coming into the solar system. Um, so, you know, with them already here and having been setting up for years, they kind of were reincarnated too late to actually prevent it from happening. Okay. Uh, I touched on this earlier in Frills, so I'm just going to leave it at that this is like an interesting dramatic concept. Um, it's good that it puts so much pressure on them. Uh, I mean, like, that's for sure. And I think, I think the way you explain it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, a whole city block in a couple months, not so possible. Like, it's, it's <laughs> not even a city block. It's an entire, like, district. No, no, you're right. You're right. So, <laughs> like, Think of, like, the entirety of, like, Greenwich Village in New York. That that needs more than a month or two to pop up. Yeah. Uh, and it makes sense that, uh, like, who knows, maybe the Tyron Crystal, like, really started to low, run low on energy, and that's why they kicked up their activities at this time, after yeah. the Sailor Guardians had been active for a while. Um, okay, so next question. Uh, how did you receive the uh, Outer's insistence that the Inners stay out of the fight against the Deathbusters? This is, you know, just more of their delightfully misguided pride. Like, they know what their job is, and they know their mission. They patrol the border, and something g- bad got in on their watch. And, you know, they want to make that right. And it's not the inner's job to make sure nothing gets in. It's their job to protect the princess. Okay. Um, so, uh, I think it's, uh, due to all the, uh, urgent. No, that doesn't make sense. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, sorry. Confused myself. I think the reason they're so insistent is because of the urgency that they feel. Um, and like they feel like they failed their duty, uh, which I guess technically they did, like because they weren't in time to stop to get uh, Deathbusters from coming to town. Uh, it bugs me as a source of conflict with the show, like in in its premise, but the show handled it so well um, by not allowing uh, them to like actually have this thing fester for a long time. It's just pretty much uh, stay out of it, and uh, no, we won't. So I, I'm pretty pleased with it overall. Yeah, I mean, like, that's really the way to do it, is you need to kind of kick that right in the butt immediately. Right. Uh, Okay, so penultimate question here. Uh, How did you read Makoto's suggestion that they stay out of the fight when they saw Cyprene fighting with the outers on the rooftop? And again, I think it's kind of the same thing, but this time from the perspective of the inners, I think she's kind of saying, well, if they don't want our help, we've got other important things to do. People just turned evil and are beating each other up. So I think all of this, you know, all of this is the literal exact opposite of what Usagi wants. And I think all of these feelings, both in the inners and the outers, are amplified by Cyprien uh, shortly after. But it's just a lot of pride getting in the way of real teamwork. Okay. Um, so, uh, I wondered if Makoto had, like, some sense of deference for them, maybe, because they're, like, stronger soldiers and they're of a different class. And I would think she represents, or not represents, but, like, appreciates strength. Um, 
I had originally kind of conflated this with Minako, and I thought it was Minako, and I was like, well, because she's, you know, the chief knight, and, but Minako and Makoto are similar in, like, they're a little similar. I'm not saying they're carbon copies of each other or anything, but I think they both appreciate, like, you know, the strength of other people and would kind of relax a little bit, um, under these circumstances. But it was Makoto, and I think that maybe she feels like the others, um, like, have way more combined might than them, so, like, if they can handle it, uh, they can handle it and it should be fine. Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't think she'd want to, like, negate someone else's uh, ability to do something. Um, I'll ask this last question. Uh, we learned a bit about the invaders from the Tao system and their motives. How are you feeling about that? I kind of feel for them. I mean, something's clearly up with where they're from. They were dying there and they couldn't stay. They've now found this safe place and they're just trying to build a way to survive, which they are doing in an absolutely horrible parasitic way and never asked anyone for help, which Usagi would have gone out of her way to find a way to give because she is Usagi. Um, but nonetheless, this is a bid for survival from them. Um, it's a, it's the wrong way to do it. But it's what it is. Um, and I mean, this is kind of my feelings about Goanger, uh, Super Sentai from 2008. Yes, because it was with Kiva. Um, where the villains have a very similar motivation, um, even if they are much more comical. Um, but you can see in the episode how Kalanite is sort of at her wit's end. She's very scared and she's feeling hopeless by these, you know, guardian planet powers showing up every time they try to do something in every, every time she tries to divine an answer, it's all just there and in her way. Like the entire time she's talking to Cyprian, she has no faith in Cyprian winning and you can see it on her face. She already feels like they've been overpowered and she just doesn't have the energy to try and make a last stand with how strong, especially she's, how strong she sees these outer planets in what she's divining. And even Pharaoh 90 sounds very scared and desperate in when he's talking about why they have to, you know, get the silver crystal and destroy the Sailor Guardians. There's like, no, we finally got this safe place and we're going to be okay. We're not letting anyone take that from us. Uh, yeah, I agree pretty much. Um, I like that the villains are so vulnerable this time around. Matalia really, uh, did seem like a destructive force hungering for her, or hungering to feed her appetite for destruction. Ma Wiseman was a uh, vengeful jerk who was uh, mad that Usagi didn't want him wantonly murdering people and booted him from the solar system as punishment. Uh, Pharaoh 90 really sounds desperate. Uh, he makes it sound like they are all going to die. Uh, it makes me wonder if there are all these other people in the Tau Star system uh, for whom Pharaoh 90 and the Deathbusters are fighting. I know Usagi would give them the source of infinite power, uh, like, of, you know, from the legendary silver crystal, uh, if they just ask nicely, but I'm sure they come from a culture that doesn't quite work that way. Um, they're still bad people doing bad things, but uh, I bet they can be reached by Usagi, and I hope to see that. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorite kind of villain motivations is just where, you know, like, no, but we want to survive. 
Um, we, we don't want to die, and that's why we're here, and you guys are in the way of us not dying. Yeah. Um, again, g- both Goanger and Kiva really kind of had that in their villain motivations. Totally true. Um, I think Kiva's is a little more parallel, um, to the tone set here, um, even if Goanger is a little more directly, um, applicable mm. in the methods. Um, both very good shows that I would recommend to our listeners. But but only watch Hibiki after you've seen. No, no, watch Hibiki first. Oh, I'm sorry. Watch yeah. Hibiki, watch Hibiki first, and then watch Kiva. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Common Rider. Oh, Common Rider. Yeah. Th- this is this is what happens when you know you have live action face characters whose faces are the same between shows instead of uh with voice actors where they at least you know look different and it's a little easier to not jump back to the previous time you saw them (laughs) yeah 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 that's true uh Uh, sorry i just there's so much to say uh but we probably shouldn't um no (laughs) so uh i think that's pretty much it um this show's rocking And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so happy with how much they've really stepped it up, um, for this arc. Uh, cause this arc is definitely a lot more, um, there's a lot less introductions and figuring out who everyone is. Um, this arc really has the action that calls for how, how much effort they're putting in this season. Um, I am absolutely in love with it every time. Um, we're on, like, the seventh episode of this season, so we may only get six more, right? Oh, really? I haven't heard, because I think this was only approved for, like, 13 or, like, anywhere from No, no, I, I heard it was going to be the same amount as the last two. Hmm. I mean, again, there may only be six more to this arc, and then we'll jump to uh, Black Moon Circus, oh. or Dead Moon Circus, okay. um, and Horse Boyfriend. <laughs> um, and again, I don't, there were, between those two arcs in the manga, there were three uh, one-shot chapters, and I don't know if maybe oh. we'll get episodes for those, which would be really neat. Um, one of those is actually uh, the second movie. Uh, from the old series, um, the, the Princess Kaguya storyline, um, and Luna, the whole Luna story. Um, and again, we saw them use the human Luna character design back at the end of Dark Kingdom. Uh, so I'd like to, I'd really love to see them do that, especially with how much, uh, effort they're putting in here. Hmm. Even if that is a weird story. <laughs> um, I have a weird tangent. I'm, I'm trying to look up news uh, on this to see like what exactly is going on. Um, is there was the opening different again? Was it? I don't know. I swear every time, oh, not every time, but like again, I listened to the opening and it sounded a little bit different. And I'm wondering, do they keep changing like the mix? Are they like? doing something i do keep hearing like different in the very very beginning where it was originally like the music box uh-huh. sound it sounds very much like a toy piano now 
maybe that's um there's also a male backup vocalist in there somewhere now oh my gosh i have to listen to that again that i definitely heard um very very low backup vocalist um low as in volume not as in voice pitch um but it was in there and i i really have no idea what's going on with that I'm not upset about it. It's just interesting. No, like it's it still sounds great. I'm it's just very jarring. And I don't know. Like again, I don't have a problem with it. It's just really weird that like like every couple episodes it seems like something is changing with that intro song. And I don't know if it's just me or if other people are picking up on it. But like you said maybe it is like a toy piano now instead of like a music box, which what does that mean? That <laughs> I don't know. Those are, but they're very, they have a very different sound. Um, and it was just something that I noticed this week specifically. Um, I'm not sure if that's what it had changed to like the first time it changed or I don't know. Um, okay. On Miss Dream, there is only, mm-hmm. um, episodes 34 through 38 really sing like all the way in August, August 31st. Uh, that, like, there's official release information on thus far. Okay. I may be, I may be incorrect with my information. So. Um, because I, I don't know, I don't remember where I saw that. I'm not happy about that, I'll tell you that, but, uh. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want more. But we'll just have to see, right? I mean, like, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's all the information I'm seeing at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that's really, really it. Okay. How strange. Like, that, that really stinks, but. Oh, well, this is where we are. Um, I think we should end the episode there, though. Um, everybody. Yeah. Hope and um, pray that we'll get, you know, the fourth arc. Yeah, the fourth and fifth. Uh, I'd love to see them go all the way, you know, with the whole story. Um, if anyone's uh, playing Sailor Drops or considering it, there's an event going on right now where you can get uh, Minako out of out of Sailor Venus just in her regular school uniform. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the past two days. That sounds cool. <laughs> um, I finally got her. Uh, it's, it's a fun game. I know I mentioned it last week, uh, but I'd, I'd continue to recommend it. Yeah, I'll just have to clear room on my phone. There's so much crap on there right now. Yeah, I would have a lot more room if I could bring myself to get Love Live out of here. I don't play it anymore, but I had, I got some good drops in it and I don't want to lose my information if I want to play it again. Yeah. Uh. I once had a phone on a reminder. It sucks losing data. Make sure you back up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's a way to, like, back up, like, a Love Live account. Mm. I wouldn't know either, but we're, we're skewing very far off of Sailor Moon, so we should, uh... Yeah, um... <laughs> um... So we will... We'll see y'all next yes, week. We will. Um... Until next time, farewell! Farewell!